Support for WRFA is brought to you by Southern Chautauqua Federal Credit Union. As a local community resource, Southern Chautauqua Federal Credit Union is committed to providing its members with the professional financial services they have come to expect. Southern Chautauqua Federal Credit Union provides credit union membership to people who live, work, worship, attend school, do business, and any other entities within Chautauqua County. For more information, including how to become a member, call or text 716-665-7000 or visit them on the web at 665-7000.com. Jamestown Mayor Eddie Sunquist held a meeting in December at St. Luke's Episcopal Church with people who represented groups who could provide potential services and support to a refugee population. After that meeting, St. Luke's took up the initiative to move it forward. I spoke with St. Luke's father, Luke Fodor, and Jamestown Community Learning Council's Beth Litton about the status of the refugee resettlement program. We have St. Luke's Episcopal Church's Luke Fodor and Jamestown Community Learning Council's Beth Litton here in studio with us today. Thanks for joining us. You're welcome. Thank you for having us. So back in November, St. Luke's, in collaboration with the City of Jamestown, held a forum with some community organizations and various other officials to discuss the possibilities and interests in making Jamestown a refugee resettlement community. So there was a lot of discussion that night and a lot of interest it seemed like in moving forward so where are things right now with that process at are are things moving forward yeah they are indeed so um after that initial conversation um it seemed most uh, advantageous for someone to kind of take the point and, and lead it forward and um i talked to the mayor and said you know really this isn't a city initiative it's really it has to be a community uh initiative and, in, and in, indeed, I think that came up on the night of that um, kind of first conversation. Uh, I think Lillian Nay may have said, you know, the community needs to do this. And what about the churches? What about the faith community or service community? Um, and so talk, talking with the mayor, we said, well, we'll happily kind of take this forward if you'd like us to. Uh, and he said, sure. So um, since that meeting, we kind of waited until the new year, given the holidays were a distraction in many people's lives, especially in mine. Um, and so it, early in January, we kind of put together um, uh, a number of people. I kind of put feelers out there to who might want to be there. And we looked around to see who we needed to be at the table, kind of in this initial um, kind of planning process. Uh, and you can't really plan with 70 people. Uh, and so we needed some sort of subset uh, around. So I met with the superintendent kind of in between uh, the winter break and talked with him and, and got his blessing from the school's perspective. And he um, asked, uh, sent, give us the name of people to talk to from the school's perspective. Uh, and then um, we just started kind of putting people together and been meeting kind of every other week. Um, I discovered that we had a ringer in our community. Um, <laughs> my wife works at the Jamestown Community Learning Council with Beth. And um, she said, you know what, you know, we have an employee who did refugee resettlement for seven years down in Nashville. Um, do you think she'd be helpful? I said, hell yeah. <laughs> and, and I was wondering because when, when Luke said, can I have Beth Linton come? I, I thought, well, well, sure. And I thought, well, we'll find out how this is all connected. And so, so you, you've done this then. Yes. So I volunteered for a year in Nashville um, helping refugees resettle and acclimate to the culture and then worked professionally as the refugee clinic manager at an organization there called Salome Health for about seven years. So, so what uh, were there di diverse communities you were working with or was there one specific group of refugees that you were working with at that time? It tends to shift over time. So a lot of times it's maybe 
a couple years out of a war or a conflict in a certain region that we'll start to see families arriving from those countries. So worked with um, arrivals from Democratic Republic of Congo, Sudan, Afghanistan, Iraq, Somalia, Burma, all over. So, wow. and uh, you know, thinking about those communities, and you know, those were the ones we were a lot of those communities were what were being discussed in November, and obviously mm-hmm. we were also hearing about other communities that might be looking mm-hmm. for places to live. And, and granted, I know this is probably you know down the line, but with over a million people fleeing Ukraine. Uh, What do you think the chances are that we're going to start hearing about a need for um, communities to be taking in uh, those refugees here stateside? I would imagine it's a foregone conclusion at some point. I mean, the refugee resettlement prospect really started after the Second World War in Europe. Um, It's kind of rebuilding of that time frame. And so it's kind of in our second nature to look uh, to to the European context in this work, uh, no doubt. So I'm 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 certain it'll happen at some point. Well, just a matter of I think when that pipeline shows up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and since um, you've mentioned that you are meeting about every other week now, mm-hmm. um, what, I imagine that the, the word has gotten out into the community, whether through re- reading news stories or hearing our newscasts and stuff. What are the things that you're hearing from community members, either you know in terms of the positive or on the other side of the of the aisle? Yeah, so everybody who speaks to me directly um, is uh, very excited about the whole sp- the whole prospect. Asking, what can I do? Where do I write my check? Um, how do I support this important work? Um, and of course, they they understand it. Um, I hear kind of some tangential things too from people, like they were you know I was at a party. Uh, tell me about this. My, my you know my brother in law said that all refugees were illegal. Um, what's the status? Are they being vetted and all this kind of stuff? And so. I was able to explain, well, they have legal status. That's refugee is legal status. They're, you know, asylum seekers and they have been granted that. So they're here under a legal case. Um, and so by and large, the people that speak to me directly are all positive and the kind of even the even other folks that I talk to can help correct um, misnomers and misunderstandings and misinformation that's out there. Um, of course, if you look at any online comment section, you can see any number of colorful and interesting and... Uh, <laughs> Comments. Let's just say they are. And I'm thinking, with having done it for so many years in Nashville, I mean, a different different state than here, obviously, much bigger city. Yeah. But I mean, how how did uh, the organization that you work with tackle those kinds of issues? Imagining that you must have run into that. I think a lot of it came through just sharing stories. Mm-hmm. So a little known fact is that refugees are the most vetted of any immigration status to the United States, so sharing information about what that process looks like. Um, For example, most refugees have seven different interviews before they're accepted for resettlement with the Department of Homeland Security and all different kinds of security organizations, so sharing information. And then I think connecting people with refugees. a lot of times we are afraid of what we don't know. And so I think connecting them with families and then um, building on their strengths and also the things that are similar, right? Um, So refugees are like us and that they want what's best for their children. They want to work. They want to give back to their communities. So I think focusing on those positive things too. 
one of the things that Beth yeah. has reminded me is it's so important not to call them refugees and to objectify them, but to speak of them as new neighbors. And so that's what we're calling our coordinating group, a new neighbors coordinating group. These are people that are coming into our community. Uh, they can move and leave like anybody else. Um, they're just neighbors. Um, and we build our community, the kind of community we want to live in, a neighbor at a time by getting to know each other's names, by understanding, by being invested in, in each other's lives, and then invested in the whole community. And these new neighbors are going to do just that. And at our, at our recent meeting, we heard mm -hmm. a story um, from someone who was uh, a refugee or uh, um, an who had immigrated from Jordan um, and had come here because they had a family member. And he told his whole story of kind of mm -hmm. taking time to really get connected here. And he was the first one to volunteer um, to drive uh, this, these new neighbors around once they get here. And he's got a transportation company he just started as an entrepreneur, um, medical transportation to Buffalo. Um, and there's a way in which these new neighbors will help build our community, bring economic uh, opportunities mm -hmm. by just their ability to, to, to risk and per preserve and persevere and kind of make it through. So we're, we're excited about mm -hmm. that piece of this, of this story, that it isn't... Um, just a kind of us giving to someone else, but really about us receiving the gift and the way we build our community together. And with Jamestown, you're not looking at being like the first stop. It really, when it comes to being a community that can welcome new neighbors, as you say, you must be partnering with other groups outside the area where maybe people are coming from other countries are going through first. Are you able to talk about any of those those organizations? Sure, sure. Um, so we're working specifically with Journey's End, um, and they are um, the refugee resettlement air agency in the area, the kind of the, the largest one. Um, and just right now they're having also a... Um, a film festival online that anyone can watch. It's kind of a, a I think it goes for the next three or four months. Um, I'll give you the, you can put in the show notes, I'll give you a link to that. Um, I think it's, I think it's Western New York Film, Refugee Film Fest, I think is what it is, dot com or something like that. I'll get you the, the show notes. Um, and you can watch some incredible stories um, that they're kind of highlighting about the refugee resettlement process. So for their perspective, um, they um, were kind of stymied for a few years. Um, People will remember the last administration had made some changes in our immigration policy, um, and that kind of stalled their work for a while. Um, and then kind of through some advocacy, they av av um, got the regular pipeline of refugee resettlement opened again. Uh, around the exact same time, uh, the Afghanistan uh, withdrawal took place, and they had another pipeline opened up. And so they are receiving double the amount of new neighbors than they would have normally uh, received in any given year before a four-year hiatus, essentially. And so many of the, their, their long-term staff would have been furloughed or, or kind of gone on to greener pastures in this downtime. And so they're retraining, scrambling to figure out kind of how do we deal with all of this uh, increased number of people showing up. Um, and really the, the difficulty for, for Buffalo, they're based in Buffalo, is that the housing market in Buffalo continues to be um, escalating and becoming more expensive. And uh, it's just not viable for, for some folks who are, are newly arriving to even find a temporary rental accommodation that will suit their family needs. And so they began to think about how do we reach outside of our immediate region? And they can resettle federally, the federal requirement is within 100 miles of their main office, or of, of an office. And so that means we're about 92 miles uh, from Buffalo, give or take, or their office. And so we're well within, well, not well within, barely within their uh, the resettlement range, uh, but they're willing to work with us. Um, and 
the the time frame um, is still being negotiated um, because they're overwhelmed. Um, we're still kind of uh, working out many of the details as far as when we might see some families coming down and who that would be. Initially, initial conversations conversations have talked about two families, um, and then we would just kind of build this program out. I know there's interest around the county, not just in Jamestown. Dunkirk is also considering the prospect of um, bringing some of these new arrivals in to fill jobs that are unfulfilled um, in, in four of those five main manufacturers that are in Dunkirk. Um, but that's one partner we're working with. Uh, should talk, um, uh, Catholic Charities is another partner that has a linkage in both places that is involved in this work. Evergreen also um, health services works with refugees in Buffalo, and so many of their evergreen employees down here have, have been in communication with us too about being supportive. So there's a, um, a wider network as well, right? So we are a, a node uh, a part of this, part of this network, um, and many of the work will be done um, in, in Buffalo first. And I think, Beth, you could talk a bit more about kind of the first steps of in-country um, processing. Mm-hmm. So shortly after arrival, our new neighbors will have health screening and they will also complete many of the documentation requirements that they need to be able to find employment. So most secure employment within those initial 90 days. A lot of the paperwork and documentation pieces at the beginning, Journey's End, will be able to help us with. So our, really what we'll be doing in Jamestown is they'll be settling here and also connected with community members. So one of the things especially that we noticed in Nashville was that families that really thrived in the community were families that were connected not only to other members of the same community, so the same country that they're from, but also families that were connected to um, local families so um, and really felt invested and involved in their community. Those are the families that really thrived. So um, as Luke said, we're hoping that a lot of that initial documentation will be done in Buffalo um, and connecting to resources and then here really surrounding them with community support like a family that will welcome them and walk alongside of them so and I was wondering because you mentioned that the housing is so much higher in cost in Buffalo and obviously here we do we are blessed with a, a, a better housing uh, market in terms of you know what it costs to rent or buy a home even um, not that I'm mm-hmm. expecting them and the refugees are going to be buying a home, but you never know, you know depending on how successful they are. Mm-hmm. Um, but thinking, you know, what, what else are they, are like places like Journey's End looking for? Uh, and what are, 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 is our community going to be expected to provide for any family that's coming in? Are you saying getting them connected with community members with, or are there other things that, I mean, I remember th- the discussion in November talking about schooling and, and, and healthcare and things like that. So how does that, I mean, because I don't think we have like a necessarily an intake part procedure set up in any of our uh, local organizations right now that if you came in mm-hmm. to say, okay, this is how we're going to get you set up, or would it be the same? Would it be the same as saying, okay, we're going to get you set up with the Department of Social Services and uh, take mm-hmm. go, go forward from there? So a lot of it would be the same. So for instance, I relocated here in the fall so it's similar things that I did when I moved here Um, so school enrollment connecting them with um, the Chautauqua Center um, as a medical home and 
um, networking with employers. Many of them come highly skilled, so they might have been lawyers or doctors or um, teachers in their, their home countries. So I think just connecting them with the local resources that are here, just as if I moved to another city tomorrow, as I would be doing there. Definitely. But we have been in mm-hmm. conversation with all of the main partners mm-hmm. to talk about that reality that they may be coming, and then how do we um, walk, walk them through that. And so in a way, DSS, I know I've talked to them, they're mm-hmm. putting together a kind of a, an entry line. I mean, it's the exact same process, but just to know what might also might be required. The language is the tricky thing. Um, and we obviously... Um, languages we don't know until until the people show up what languages we even need Um, and that will be the the thing that probably adds some cost Um, it's really I think pretty much the only thing that adds cost uh, in the resettlement or the the new arrival process Uh, because I think um, once we figure out what languages people need then you have to figure out how to provide for them and there is a a language line service that you can use and and we talked to the Jamestown um, public schools uh, and um, we heard from Tamu uh, Graham Reinhardt who talked about some new technology they're using in the schools kind of translating earbuds and and other things that teachers are using Um, and and as well as language line and translation services so we're we're beginning to really work through that Um, there are families that are coming to, to Jamestown that are not a part of any official process. Families from from um, Bangladesh, families from Iraq, people who've been coming, and we don't they don't stand out. We don't notice. Doesn't mean they're not here. It just means we don't know. Um, and and they make our community better. They work jobs. They they do. They contribute. In terms of the the next step, uh, where I like mentioned again, you're having meetings, but where 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 is the next step from here in the process? So um, for us, we need to get uh, Journeys End to um, kind of, so they haven't done this work as far as setting up another field office somewhere else. They've done the work in their own community and done it a certain way. And so this whole new process is um, creative and innovative and and brand new. Uh, And so it's hard to put a timeline on it um, because uh, it's as much about them learning as it is about us learning. So we're both in this learning process together. Um, and we don't have the answers just before us. There's no, we can't turn to the back of the book and find the, the answers there. They're not there. We have to kind of go find them. And that takes time. Um, and so the next steps really require us, we put together a plan um, and we've sent it to Journey's End to say, okay, here's our initial draft. What, what, what do you need? What do, we, what do we need more of? How do we continue to get this going? Um, and uh, we're in that process of kind of waiting for feedback uh, on the plan to know um, kind of what our timeline was. The initial response I got back was, when we, you know, the meeting you were at back in, in November, December, we heard this urgent need right tomorrow. And the last email I got Friday um, was kind of disheartening and it did not mesh with what we had heard then. Like, we'll talk, we'll, we'll do this process for six months and then we'll reassess. So there's no real... Um, it's hard to say what the timeline is. I don't know. Six months seems like an awfully long time if they're in need. And they don't want to rush and um, re-traumatize folks who may have who've come from traumatic situations. Nor do we. Um, and also, it's challenging to um, find those answers without someone who can walk you through your steps. So my initial hope is we would have two families. We'd be able to kind of play, not play together, learn together, kind of work it out together. And then that would begin to um, open up operations in a different space. 
uh, and at least the one individual I, I got the email from seems to want to be more conservative and really kind of get it all figured out and then bring some families down. So we're still in negotiation uh, about how, how and when, um, but really it's a matter of uh, working with attorney's end to kind of clarify things. We kind of have to work with them to do this re re refugee resettlement. There's a program that, that exists for Afghan resettlement or an invitation to the community that's a federal program much like a program that happened kind of after um, the Vietnam War when Southeast Asians made their way into communities like Jamestown because we sponsored many Vietnamese back in the 80s and 90s as well. Um, they, most of them have left for warmer climes, um, but that happened before. Um, but that federal program really only works if you don't have a refugee resettlement agency near you. And so in our case, we're not able to do it independently. We have to work in partnership. And partnerships always a great way to really um, <laughs> figure things out. Anyway, I think doing, going it alone never serves the, the client uh, and uh, and the whole because it's the whole notion we're trying to do is to partner with our new neighbors as well. So it's not a matter of of us doing the work; it's us partnering. So it's a long winded answer. <laughs> <laughs> um, in terms of uh, people want to become involved somehow or or support the the cause, uh, what do you suggest? Well, we're right now we're taking um, taking names from folks to kind of figure out how to figure out what our needs are. We would like to know kind of a, a database of people who are interested. We should set up an email or a form. I think we talked about doing that. I don't know if it's yes. done yet. Um, we have our a whole committee, and so there's a kind of piecemeal of everyone's just volunteering to do this work. So it, it doesn't always happen like the next day. It takes some time. Um, I'll get you a link to put in the show notes if you'd like. That'll have a, a, a Google form people can sign up for various kind of needs. Um, and then we'll be able to collect them, and then as we fill things out, we'll move forward. The initial plan that we have talks about kind of uh, four congregations coming together to sponsor those two families. Now, whether that happens, it depends on what Journey's Ends says, um, but right now, uh, First Prez and St. Luke's uh, are working together as, as a team, uh, and the goal is to raise $5,000 each, so we have a, a pool of money to uh, secure many of the basic needs. You can imagine landlords wouldn't be too thrilled to uh, rent to someone that has no credit history, that has no resources, without some sort of leverage. And so the, the, the intention of this kind of pool of money is so that we can have a leverage point to guarantee that the, the renters will take care of the property and that we will vouch for them if something goes wrong. So um, those, 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 fun, those funds are being raised and, and the contributions from the community would help aid that as well. So that's one congregation set, First Presence St. Luke's, and then Zion Covenant Church and the Jamestown Salon Society are also working together to do the similar efforts. So um, collecting names is part of it. Um, raising funds is part of it. We will eventually also need um, household items and all the rest, um, but please don't drop them off at the church yet. <laughs> We're not quite there yet. And Beth's house isn't big enough to take them all either, so we're not there yet. <laughs> So, is there anything else that you'd like to add about the program or an, or or, a ref, or a refugee or good neighbor or new neighbors uh, settlements? Can you think of why Beth? We asked you why. Why why should why should we be excited about this? I think um, the refugees I have met and that have become dear friends in Nashville have given me such a different perspective on life. So I I take things. Um, less for granted than I did before. I think we can all look at the news from Ukraine and it changes the way we might complain about today's cold, rainy weather. Um, 
I think I have learned so much from them about resiliency and suffering and their ability to be thankful for the small things. So I think on a personal note, um, I'm passionate about refugee resettlement because it changes our perspective in a good way, in a positive way. And then I think just um, knowing that we share so many, we're human just like they are. So we share so many of the same values. So family, hard work, giving back to our communities, um, and just the beauty that there is in our shared our shared values. That's wonderful, Beth. I agree wholeheartedly. <laughs> well, uh, Pastor Luke and Beth, I thank you so much for coming on and telling us more about this project and look forward. Hopefully it's not six months from now, but hopefully we'll be hearing more about this in the near future. Definitely. Yeah. Thank, thank you. you.